umgoblue.com. By fans, for fans, since 1999. Hello, welcome to this edition of the umgoblue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Clint Derringer. On the last episode of the umgoblue.com Michigan Football Spectacular, head coach Jim Harbaugh describes how he prepares his team for road games. You know, when you go on the road, I mean, you want to you want to embrace that environment. <clears throat> um, you know, make you know, make their their crowd cheering. You know, like like it's your crowd cheering. Um, you know, make their music your music. And how winning is impacting the profile of his program. And nothing helps recruiting, by the way, better than winning. Now. On episode four of the umgoblue.com 2021 Michigan football season spectacular, painfully humbled. Post bye week, Michigan is riding high. Uh, the best thing about bye week is nobody gets hurt and you get a chance to regroup. So Michigan is now ranked number sixth, heading into a home game. Versus Northwestern. Your team seems very locked in on a day-to-day basis. So, but how do you still guard against you know, have them looking forward to Michigan State? Yeah, I agree. The uh, team has been very locked in. Uh, you know, daily, weekly. Um, one thing I'm really uh, continue to be pleased with is just uh, you know, how they. How they attack every single day. I mean, uh, they didn't practice Friday, they didn't practice Saturday, they came back Sunday, and we had, you know, as good a practice in terms of guys moving around, knowing what they were doing, uh, locked in, focused, as I've ever seen a team come back off of a, a two and a half day uh, break. Uh, that was that was that was really exciting. Jim Harbaugh also acknowledged that in addition to Aiden Hutchinson. David Ajabo was making a name for himself with great play on the field. Yeah, he's, he's very much an ascending player um, in terms of an outside backer that can you know, can rush the passer, passer uh, put pressure on the passer, make the ball come out quicker, um, and also uh, create turnovers. Um, he's he's had, starting to have a real knack for, uh, for for coming up with that. But he's... he's uh, you know, he's before our eyes to be really, really uh, evolving into that you know, kind of prototypical edge pass rusher um, that, uh, yeah, that gets, makes the ball come out quick, moves the quarterback off his spot, um, creates turnovers, but can also, uh, also, get, also make tackles, also hold a point, also drop into coverage. But, uh, He's doing very well. I like this kind of uh, mid-season check from Harbaugh, right? Because you go back and compare to what, you know, he said, Gaddis said in the fall camp of, oh, we're, we got running backs and we got offensive linemen. This is almost an acknowledgement of, oh, wow, we really do. Now, you knew you had running backs, right? But if your offensive line doesn't gel, they're going to have trouble succeeding. And while it's easy to look at the rushing totals and, you know, 
be real excited about Boom and Zoom, you know, you have to acknowledge that there would not be nearly as much Boom and Zoom if the if the offensive line wasn't getting it done. Like I said it earlier, you know, I mean, going into the decision, we're looking at the offensive line as being a, a strength for the team, and guys have guys have stepped up, and I, I think feel like our defensive line is, um, you know, we're getting we're getting push, we're getting we're getting we're getting you know, tackles, we're you know, we're. Uh, Playing good can play better, you know. Uh, one thing, ways to get better. But same like running back, we really felt that was going to be a position of strength going into the season. You know, do we do we have enough at linebacker? We got some inexperience there. Um, you know, Josh Ross has has uh, you know improved and played better and playing playing really good. And then you got the, the young linebackers that are you know, starting to look. Starting to really look the part, you know. Junior Colson starting to look like a prototypical, prototypical inside backer. Mike Backer and so is and Nakai Hill Green and Khalil Mullins, uh, you know, doing doing really good things. So, uh, you know, that that's another position that's kind of you know getting close to matching what our running backs are doing. They just you know that, that and the tight ends. So good. Want to keep going? Want to keep it going? You know, and, and also keep. Keep getting better, you know. Want to get better, not worse. Yeah, and, and it was nice to hear some acknowledgement of uh, the defensive front as well, really leading the way um, and, and providing stability for the, the defense um, to really be flexible and attack in, in all their different ways. So uh, Aiden Hutchinson, we knew going into the season was going to be great. The question was, is there anybody else? Is there anybody else at any level of the defense that can step up? And David Ojabo really takes leaps and bounds forward. We heard that from Coach Harbaugh. Becomes another, you know, really dangerous threat on the other end in terms of pass rush. And then in, internally, we start to see Mozzie Smith, Chris Hinton um, making more plays on the inside. And some of the rotational players like Chris Jenkins, um, and Jalen Harrell are starting to get more reps and, and be involved um, in, in different packages. So you can see that the defense is becoming more flexible because some players are emerging in different roles, giving uh, Mike McDonald more options and, and different ways to use guys so that they are, they're in positions that, uh, that maximize their strengths and what they do well. So, um, a lot of things coming together. You could tell there that he was very encouraged that the defensive line as an entire position group was kind of ascending and giving uh, giving the defense uh, some more some more options for how they were going to try to close out the season in the Big Ten season. Michigan plays Northwestern, wins thirty three to seven, and you know the the thing that we really haven't talked about is. Looming after this game was Michigan State. And there was a question on, was this was the Northwestern game a trap game, right? Would they get caught looking ahead? Michigan wins 33-7. You have, again, another incredible performance on the ground. 305 yards rushing, 119 from Blake, 110 from, from Haskins. And, um, you know, again, it, it's... I would say that this was a workmanlike game. Um, you know, obviously it was 
you know, not 50 or 60 points, but Michigan came out and, uh, you know, was leading 10-7 at half. And, you know, I, I've been focusing a lot as we go through these games on what happens after halftime. Comes out and scores 17 points in the third quarter to kind of, uh, you know, put the question to rest. So it was interesting to me that, you know, I'm like, oh, gosh, at halftime, I'm like 10 to 7. Is Northwestern going to come back and challenge us more than we'd like? Is Michigan looking ahead? And then I just felt like they came out and thumped them in the third quarter um, and, and kind of put that question to rest. Yeah, it seemed a little bit, again, they bogged down in scoring opportunities. You know, they only, you know, they got those 10 points um, on three trips into into their, into their the inside the Northwestern 40, right? So one time they didn't score at all uh, on a trip inside the 40, um, which is very, very frustrating um, on a fumble. So that and on defense, they bro- uh, Northwestern broke a big run. I think it was like a 60 or so yard run for a touchdown. So this game felt closer at halftime than it was. By all the other statistics and metrics, Michigan was dominating. Right, uh, they they were up near fifty percent uh, efficiency, meaning they they were moving the chains. They just didn't finish in the first half. Northwestern really offensively challenged at the quarterback position. They needed to make some big runs, um, so they got that in the second quarter. But after that, pretty much shut down. And then you know, not playing complimentary football for Northwestern ends up getting them right. They can't move the chains. The defense starts to. Uh, wear down and then the bigger plays start start to roll for the offense and that's what we saw in the second half so there was a little bit of nervousness at halftime pretty easily uh explainable uh michigan came out with a good second half plan and just kept doing what was working and ended up finishing uh on more of their opportunities and then you know scored the you know scored a couple more touchdowns and ended up finishing it off so game went pretty much according to plan one big run play given up on defense was frustrating. But other than that, it was a lot of the same. And we we continued to wonder whether finishing in the red zone was going to become a problem at some point. Jim Harbaugh had some had some thoughts on the game and, and definitely uh, is impressed with his running back. Yeah, you can just imagine. I mean, it's it's um, Hassan, you know, you know our love for Hassan. Um, and we just the respect we have for him as a football player and a physical football player. The it's every week now where you go, that's can't be can't have a more physical run than that. Can't have a better play than that. And then the next week, there's another one. Wow, that's that's even better. Then the next week, you know, can't possibly have another one. Uh, and then he does. And then you know this week the same thing. And that that really that that play, you know, really got our team going. Uh, tremendous momentum type of uh, shift that way, and um, he's uh, he's phenomenal. He's something. He's he's really special. And so is Blake, and you know, you know a bunch of these guys and, and on this touch team. On, touch on Blake as well. What, <coughs> what you got from him today? Yeah, just uh, the two of them. You know, the uh, you know they're, they're both great running backs, and and then they you know, it's. There's something about the dynamic of, you know, Hassan one play, Blake the next, you know, uh, the, the, the difference, you know, the, and they're both great, but there's you know, some slight differences that, 
that make them uh, make them both really special and hard to defend, I would think. Um, at least that's what I see. And Jim Harbaugh acknowledged the challenge ahead. I thought our guys did another great job of, of just focusing uh, on the next game. I mean, you have to you have to do that. You have to you have to you have to practice it, and you have to do it. You know, keeping your focus on on the game in front of you. You know, lest lest a team will be uh, painfully humbled. Uh, I thought our team did a did a great job of that. And now start that process of preparation uh, for the next opponent. Running back Blake Corum had some thoughts about how he and Hassan Haskins are making life difficult for opposing defenses. You know, they were, they were huge runs. Um, shout out to the line. You know, they did their thing. But, uh, you know, I was really just getting warmed up. You know, when you, when, when you get running back, warmed up, like myself, Hassan, you know, we get going. And so, like I said, shout out to the line. They, they uh, blocked great and allowed me to have some one-on-one -on -one matchups. And uh, you got to win those. Like I, I talked, I asked Coach Harbaugh about the run that Hassan had, the 19-year-old run. With right, right. Legs. What's your view of that play, and, and what did it do for the energy of not only yourself but the rest of the team? Yeah, I mean, when you see all 11 guys on the field working to go downfield, that's huge. I mean, I, I thought Hassan was really about to break out of that. Um, that's what you're talking about, right, where yeah, the yeah. O-line was pushing yeah. the pile? Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, the O-line did a phenomenal job. H2 kept his feet going. Uh, and, man, it was almost a touchdown. So, and uh, you, you ended up getting the touchdown on correct. the drive, and you had the nice 11-yard run to lead up to it. Talk about that run and, and just how well you guys complement each other. Yeah, I mean, we complement each other uh, real well. Uh, a great one-two punch. You know, we both bring different things to the table. Um, and so defenses have to get prepared for that. And, uh, you know, like I said, you know, we feed off each other, and uh, it was great. But, you know, at halftime we came in, fixed some things, and then came back after half, and uh, – you know, showed out. But uh, we don't want it to go that way, but sometimes that's how it is. Sometimes you have to battle adversity, and uh, adversity can be good sometimes. So, um, you know, we just had to fix some things up. I like that Blake Corum acknowledges that he and Hassan are basically a, a, a team, right, a team within a team, where what I've really enjoyed watching these guys this season is just – the lack of ego, right? Like there are times when you watch players and, you know, they're definitely the prime, right? They're the guy and, um, you know, they don't want to defer to somebody else. They don't want to acknowledge. And I think one of the reasons that Michigan was so successful this season is you can hear when they talk about each other, right? They are, you know, and, and you know, of course, being Michigan fans, we preach the team, the team, the team, right? But these guys were really living it and playing it. And I think you can hear in that clip where, um, you know, Blake talks about it and, you know, also acknowledge that, hey, you know, I, I'm glad I'm not the only one who kind of sees that sometimes there's a little bit of struggle at halftime. So it's great that, you know, they acknowledge it. And as he said, a little bit of adversity is sometimes a good thing. Um, you know, we, we'll see how that plays out as we move forward. David Ajabo described the mentality of the Michigan defense. You know, on behalf of the defense, we always preach uh, nameless, faceless opponents. So we're just going to go out there, execute, and do what we got to do. You know, we can't 
we can't start, you know, weighing games and whatever. We just got to go out there and do our job, and the rest will take care of itself. Yeah, a lot of times that nameless, faceless opponents, um, one of the unintended consequences of that approach is, is that you suck some of the emotion and fun out of uh, out of your performance and that this team did a great job of being able to treat every game and every play the same that's what you're what you're talking about with nameless faceless opponents but also uh, kind of embracing all the moments and, and having fun uh you know in real time and a couple other notes on this northwestern game it was the uh inaugural george jewett trophy game which was a really a great uh addition to, to this particular game in the Big Ten, George Jewett, uh, the first uh, African-American player in Michigan history and played both at Michigan and Northwestern. So um, it was nice to, uh, to win another trophy. It's cool to have another trophy game, but this one has a little bit um, of pretty cool history behind it and affects both teams. So uh, George Jewett's family, um, you know, descendants were, were able to be there and to, to be part of the presentation and, and all of that, I think, is also notable. And one other thing within the game, um, Michigan also blocked a punt in this game. Cornelius Johnson, your, your starting X receiver, blocks a punt in this game. And we also start to mention that, man, uh, Jay Harbaugh is the special teams coordinator, continues to really do a bang up job preparing all of the different special teams units, but also making big impactful plays on the game. Um, and this one was no different. That blocked punt uh, led to Michigan taking over on the 24 yard line. And that ensuing touchdown is really what let Michigan grab control of the game in the third quarter. Michigan is undefeated. Their next opponent is undefeated and their next opponent are the Spartans of Michigan State. And it's it's interesting for me that we look back at the two and four season and things really jumped the tracks after Michigan State came into the big house and shocked Michigan. And I don't think, uh, first of all, nobody expected that to happen. I don't think Michigan expect that to happen and things went downhill right to a and to a really bad result so here you have both teams undefeated Michigan heading on the road to face the Spartans and coach Harbaugh had some thoughts Jim do you all give yourself a moment to appreciate the uh, historical significance of this game in terms of they've never been 7-0 it's your lifetime, these teams haven't been ranked like this when they've met. Can you give yourself a moment at all to appreciate that? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, uh, obviously the kind of questions that answer themselves. Um, but huge game for us. We're uh, very excited about it. Ready to get to practice today and and roll. You know, there's, there's the approach of, you know, one game at a time that um, – you know, which, which you need to do. I mean, you, you have to do that and you have to practice that and has to be in, implemented unless, unless a team be painfully humbled. Um, you know, now we're in, a, we're in a situation, huge game. It's a uh, um, 
some ways that that mindset's similar, but in other ways it it uh, definitely gets turned up a notch. So Michigan heads up, and we know what happened. They lost 37 to 33. Um, a huge spotlight game for college football. Um, both Michigan and Michigan State were highly ranked. Michigan came in at sixth. Michigan State came at eighth. Um, Michigan was favored to win, which, uh, of course, always, uh, you know, adds a little bit of salt, a little bit of vinegar into Michigan State's preparations. Um, and, you know, Michigan came out in this game on fire 10 points in the first quarter. And, uh, you know, I always like to look at the halftime score, 23 to 14. But I really think that this game hinged on, um, you know, that that play that um, where Aiden Hutchinson forced the fumble. It looked like Michigan recovered and it looked like a route was going to be on. And of course, it was it was uh, overturned on review. Clint, what did you think about that one? Yeah, I disagree. I disagree that that's what it boiled down to. Michigan had a 16-point lead in the third quarter and lost. You know, they, they have an offense based on your running game and you didn't run the ball and salt the game away. You know, uh, Michigan State's best player is Kenneth Walker III. He made the big plays in the second half that, that ended up mattering. And from a number standpoint, it ended up being the points per uh, scoring opportunity that, that hurt Michigan 3.7 points per trip, you know, and, and our fears of would it end up hurting us that they weren't uh, finishing off for, for touchdowns. Those fears were realized. And, and meanwhile, Michigan state had four trips inside the Michigan scoring uh, opportunities and averaged 7.3 points because they got a two point conversion in there as well so that's that's it that's all of it right there michigan played better in nearly every single facet and michigan state landed enough haymakers to come out ahead on the on the scoreboard but the one overturned call um was egregious i i agree that it was a negative impact of course and a big flip in the game but it, I, I wouldn't even say it's the most important the the, the runs um, in in the second half, where we couldn't keep contain on on Kenneth Walker the third, and where he was scoring untouched, um, those are the things that I think this defensive performance, really their only black mark to this point, and and uh, I think that Mike McDonald learned a lot from this game, especially with uh, personnel and and changing guys on and off the field, and then this uh, this particular defensive lineman heavy. Uh, personnel groupings to try to stop the run. Uh, we didn't see that again for, for a little while. So still some tweaking to do on personnel here for the defense, but I think finishing off their scoring opportunities, Michigan state did it and Michigan didn't and making the big plays when it mattered in the second half, Michigan state did it and Michigan did not. So it was uh, it was painful Certainly, it's painful even to, to think back and, and talk about again, but um, this was the, the, the one time to this point in the season that Michigan just did not get it done 
when it mattered the most. I, I mean, if you would have told me that you had a 16-point lead with the run game that we had seen through seven games, you know, a 16-point lead in the third quarter, and going forward, I think they ran the ball 12 more times or something like that. It, it was it was frustrating, and um, a lot of coulda, woulda, shouldas in this game, but we uh, we had to move on with, with another bitter, stinging loss to, to the Spartans. Well, and you make a good point, Clint, because, you know, at one point, Michigan was winning 30-20, to 20, okay, in the third quarter. And you could even go back, and in the fourth quarter, Michigan was winning, you know, with, uh, you know, scored a field goal and was winning 33-30 to 30 with 9.20 to go and didn't score again. You know, when you look at the, at the stats, you know, you have boom and zoom on Michigan's side and Haskins gained 59 yards and Corum gained 47, while on the other side, Walker gained 197, right? And, you know, as much as some people in the media and even among the fan base were screaming for Michigan to pass more, you know, they passed for 406 yards. The big difference that I see, you know, when you're looking at the at the um, the rushing statistics is Walker scored five touchdowns, right? And Michigan had no touchdowns on the ground. So in some ways, like you said, they kind of got away from their bread and butter. You can question whether it was a choice or if Michigan State took it away. The thing that, that strikes me when I say that that play hurt is, you know, you always talk about, about momentum in a game. At that point, Michigan had everything, right? And I kind of felt like that was the, the dagger to the heart that kind of got pulled out, right? And it's, uh, you know, it's like, oh, Michigan State has life, right? And listen, it's a rivalry game. They're always going to come back. And, you know, I think the thing that hurts me the most is, you know, why do you even have replay if you can't get that play right? Okay, that's a gripe that I have. Uh, but ultimately, like you said, the difference in this game is Michigan gave up 15 points in the fourth quarter. You don't do that and you win the game. So, you know, I, I you know, on one hand, I want to be uh, unemotional and say, look at the stats and look at what could have been done. But, uh Man, that, that, you know, the other thing that, that and, and this is kind of, you know, being there, right? The place is rocking before the game starts. The place was dead. And the place was about to be deader, right? And then the play gets called back, and then the crowd kind of went crazy, and it kind of, like, brought it back. So, you know, again, that, that's one of the things that happens in a rivalry game. It's one of the things when you go on the road. Um, it was a painful game. And, uh, again, I wondered, you know, obviously it's a different team than last year. But in a lot of ways, this one hurt worse, right? Yes, there was, you know, it happened at the big house last season. And um, it was shocking. But I really wondered how the team was going to respond to this because this this one hurt. And I just, you know, you always, you know, you use the phrase, this one's going to leave a bruise. Right. And that's kind of how I felt, um, 
you know, watching this game and leaving the stadium and, um, you know, seeing the team as they left. Yeah, and, and, you know, I know you've been there, Clint. You've experienced this when you were with the team. Um, you know, you have to leave through the Michigan State fans, right? You have to walk out. You have to go, right? And, uh, again, it was a bitter pill, uh, bitter pill, um, for me watching, and I can imagine how much how bitter it was for for the team. Yep, and there were other other strange things, right? Where Michigan didn't didn't get it done. This in this game, JJ McCarthy's really only major mistake of the season. He fumbles a big turnover, right? There was a, another dropped interception, right? That that was right in the the hands of the player. I think that was RJ Moten, right? Where if you you get the turnover at that moment. It's a huge play, but it was 23 to 14 at halftime in Michigan's favor. Michigan scores first and goes up 30 to 14 in the third quarter. You know, from that point forward, um, there's a a litany of things that happen that you got to be able to take care of business. So um, you kind of have to file it away, even though it's additionally painful because of the rivalry game, but you got to, you got to be able to build from it and learn from it. And you're really testing all of the, all the statements that the players made about adversity uh, in the first seven games where games got a little bit tight, but they ended up winning. You got to be able to bounce back from adversity. N- now you're really, really putting that uh, attitude under the microscope because this is, this is true adversity, right? Because now you've, you've put a big dent in your chances to, uh, to accomplish your goals, right? And you've got the additional uh, emotional pain of, of losing to a rival for the second time in two years. So um, from this point forward now, it's uh, it's really put up or shut up time for the team. And they've said and done all the right things to this point. But yeah, in that game, it, it wasn't enough. They needed to do a couple more things and it didn't happen. So this was really a, a crucial moment for the entire season both in terms of uh, bouncing back and fixing the mistakes that we saw uh, strategically and, and in terms of personnel and then making sure that you're uh, able to bounce back against still some dangerous opponents left on the schedule. I think that's the point. Michigan has to respond at this point because this is – a major they've put a major hurdle in their own way um, to achieve their goals and how do you respond you know uh, you talk about putting the work in but there is going to be adversity yeah it's like Christopher Hinton said earlier in the season it's not going to be all sunshine and rainbows well after this game there was no sunshine and rainbows I'll tell you I was there leaving the stadium and really had just a, a a really sickening feeling that um, the opportunity was there for so much and that this may have derailed it. And not only was it derailed by your rival, but perhaps they were going to go on, pull ahead of you and take everything that Michigan wanted to do this year. Michigan smarting from that 37 to 33 loss to Michigan state heads into the, next contest at home and I think you know this was something that it was really important for them to 
to come back strong. I really liked what Coach Harbaugh had to say in the press conference that week. My approach, I mean, very, very similar to, uh, you know, a fighter getting knocked, getting knocked down. You know, you get up, referee wipes the, wipes your gloves, and uh, and you come back even, even more determined, um, with even more resolve uh, to prepare, to work harder. Um, to find a way to finish and to win. Michigan comes back, a night contest, and wins pretty handily, 29-7. Heads into halftime, up 17-7. Goes into the third quarter, kicks two field goals, goes into the fourth quarter, scores a touchdown, misses the two-point conversion, but ends up handling Indiana pretty well, 29-7. Um, you know, one of the interesting things in this is that when you look at the stats, um, you know, we're really missing, you know, Blake Corum being out. Um, Haskins, you know, carried the ball 27 times, 168 yards, you know, one touchdown, you know, had a long run of 62 yards. And again, you know, Haskins had this great quote. I think how many carries they give me, you know, so I ain't, I ain't complaining. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as the game goes on, get a good feeling of it, uh, and uh, I just, I don't know, I get better as the game goes on, I guess. Back to the middle left, Michael. Son, uh, your your position coach used to have 27 carries just about every week back in the day. Did he have anything to say to you today once Blake went down and you knew you were going to be carrying the majority of the load? Uh, yeah, he just told me to uh, get ready. You know, it's about to be a long battle. You know, so uh, it was, you know, a lot of carries is, is I don't know, but <laughs> he's just telling me he's getting ready, though, and uh, be prepared, so. Hassan, uh, can you just speak to the importance of, of I guess, making sure that your goals were, were still in front of you after this game, after what you went through last week, how important was it to, to the statement that you guys put forth today? Uh, yeah, it was a tough one. You know, we just had a. Look past that, uh, keep our heads up in the building during practice, meetings, all that. So we just had to come out here and dominate tonight, you know. So take it take it one week at a time. A couple of the guys talked about the players-only meeting on Monday throughout this week. I know you guys have a, a week-to-week focus during the season. I guess what were some of the goals from that player meeting for this week, and do you think you accomplished them? Uh, I mean, we just talked about uh, moving forward. Don't uh, keep, keep our heads high. Uh, the past is the past. We got to look forward to the future, you know, and just that was mainly what we talked about. And, uh, you know, we just has, we had to come out here this week and uh, dominate and uh, keep dominating each week. So, David Ajabu had an also another really good quote. You know, going forward, we said that, you know, whatever happened, somebody had to pay for, you know, and just having to be in Indiana. So that was our mentality coming to this week. Probably going to keep it going throughout the rest of the year, you know. And uh, it's working for us so far. Coaches are even preaching, like, we're not even worried about next. We just play by play, you know. We're mm-hmm. taking this play by play. We're not even thinking about tomorrow or film tomorrow or who we got two weeks from now. It's play by play and day by day, man. Clint, how did you feel about the team's response versus Indiana? So I think from a football perspective, it was solid. You know, definitely not perfect, but really the trap or the problem, the potential problem could have been 
having another emotional letdown coming out of the loss in East Lansing. So this game was really about uh, facing your own mental adversity uh, in your preparation the week of and uh, and then executing the plan as, as it was designed. And they did that. You know, it was a, it was a night game on Big Ten Network, uh, not the same kind of raucous crowd from the previous night game, obviously against Washington early in the season. So really had to build their own energy, build their own momentum and uh, and play well. And they did. You know, they, they dominated statistically uh, on both sides of the ball. And, and really, Indiana was only able to muster uh, the one scoring drive of 75 yards and everything else was uh, just minimal success rate. You know, both pass and run for Indiana were 35% success rates, where Michigan was 50% successful on run plays and 39% successful on pass plays. So they got, they checked all the boxes, did what they needed to do, and uh, got a victory over a team that had beaten them in that in that debacle year of 2020, right? And uh, this team in 21, Indiana, was not the same as that 2020 team. Certainly had a, a major letdown and, and injuries at the quarterback position were a big part of this game for them. But uh, you had to take care of this one in order to move on from that game in East Lansing, and, and Michigan did that. One of the things I liked that the team did in this game was we got, uh, you know, Cade was 10 for 18, 168 yards, but also got J.J. in and gave him a chance to bounce back from you know, a tough outing against Michigan State. You know, he was 5 for 10, 55 yards. You know, not spectacular, but I think, you know, if I had to describe this Indiana game in any way, it was just kind of getting getting the stuff through, getting the bad feelings out, and, and, trying, and getting on the, the right track after a really disappointing game, right? And, you know, you have seen in the past, and I, I think last season, you know, the previous season, um, the previous loss season was the perfect example. How was Michigan going to respond to a really disappointing loss to their in-state rival? And, you know, the, the lost COVID season, um, you know, it, it pushed Michigan off track and really sent their season into a spiral. It was really important this year for Michigan to come back and, and get on the right track and, and kind of reset the tone and, and realize that at this point their goals were still ahead of them and they couldn't let that disappointing loss to the Spartans kind of kind of bring them down. And, and you know, there's that old saying about, you know, about uh, bad news stories, don't let a one-day story turn into a two-day story. You know, in football, don't, wa- don't let one bad loss turn into two bad losses. And they definitely came out here and took care of business. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And they went back to, you know, what was going to be core for them, especially on offense, right? Hassan Haskins had a big game rushing the ball, over 160 yards on the ground. The offensive line was dominant. We saw a lot of rotation, uh, different players getting in there on the offensive line. And this game also was a little bit of an emergence uh, at the tight end position for Luke Schoonmaker, um, which, you know, looking back now, we know that Eric All was battling an ankle injury. Uh, in the second half of the season. So Luke Schoonmaker showed that the depth of the tight end position was even greater than than we had known uh, in the first half of the season. And that turns out to be a a major benefit going forward um, as you start planning coming out of this game 
Um, it's just another offensive weapon that is not only a blocker. He catches two touchdowns in this game against Indiana. Absolutely. Next, on episode five of the 2021 Michigan football season spectacular, the Big Ten responds to Jim Harbaugh's questions about officiating during the team's loss to Michigan State. Yeah, as, as, as we all, all expected, all, all saw, mistakes were made. Can't be any more clear than that. After Michigan rallies on the road versus Penn State, defensive end Aiden Hutchinson voices his support for Cade McNamara. And as the Wolverines prepare to face Ohio State with the Big Ten title in their grasp, linebacker Josh Ross dismisses Buckeye chatter that Michigan was glad that the 2020 version of the game was canceled. It's BS to be honest with you. That's the game we always got second on our calendar and always want to play. And as a Michigan Wolverine, that's a, that's a game you'd die for. Um, so, honestly, BS, and it doesn't matter. This year is what matters, and right now is what matters. Subscribe now to get this episode as soon as it drops. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.